Good Lord, hallelujah. We need, we need somebody to tell us the truth once in a while in our lives. The longer you, you love each other, the longer you live together, you begin to real, realize that the true meaning in life is that the two of you have each other, and that is a blessing from God. Welcome home, champions. Whether you're here for the first time or you've been with us for a while, get ready for a life-giving message from our pastor, Stephen Bloomfield. We're on week one of the new series called Family 30. Pastor will be sharing part one of how you can start to have the best family in the next 30 days. Now right, let's tune so we're in. We're going to be talking about your family, having your best family in 30 days. Don't laugh. It can happen. I'm serious. It can happen. You're like, are you kidding? It took years to mess it up. Well, it's going to take 30 days to get you fixed. And that's going to be And Hey, by the way, how'd your race go? You had a good time, right, George? Wow, some great pictures. I saw you wearing the little champion man right there. Represent. That was awesome. Good stuff. Man, you reminded me so much of myself in my, in my wildest imagination. Goodness me. Yeah, you'll probably never see your pastor in spandex. That's all I'm saying. And believe me, you'll be happy about that. But anyways, uh, so just want to jump into this message right now and say to you, look, there are some habits and some patterns of things. It's going to take a little while to turn around to really have a great family experience, really make some improvements. But I believe that God, uh, with God's help, you can really make some improvements in, uh, in your relationship, in your family life, and how you kind of see things. But I'll tell you what can happen right now. Even though, uh, you know, th there are still some things that will take some time. You don't turn a big ship, you know, quickly kind of deal. But here's what can happen. God can change the atmosphere of your home right now. He can change it today. You can walk out of here having a different attitude, a different opinion, a different spirit, a different vision for your home, for your family. And, uh, and that's what we're going to accomplish over these next 30 days. We're going to be talking about uh, what God puts in place for our families and how he wants us uh, to work with his program, work with his plan and what he's laid out for us and, uh, and change the atmosphere. Because I'll tell you, when you start to change the atmosphere of your home, you're going to start changing the results of how you're doing things. And certain things that may not be really uh, healthy or maybe some dysfunctional areas in your life, and hello, we all have them, um, then th those things are going to become less and less of, a, of an elephant in the room. And you're going to find, man, we're getting along better. Our kids are doing better. We're, we're, we're living on task on purpose. The love quotient in our home is high. And, and people around you are going to be going, man, how are you doing this? You're gonna, you can tell them, well, I went to Champion Church and changed my family in 30 days. Thank you very much. Well, you don't have to really do a commercial like that, but here's what you can do. We can just make a determination. We're going to grow. How many people have notes with you? I think we have some notes that you've got on your uh, uh, chairs there. Of course, you can use the Champion Church app, and it has all the notes there as well. And, uh, and so what, we're going to start out the series, and we're just going to start talking a bit about um, how God uh, has has set family up. And let's just be reminded today that, you know, the first one of the first things God did was create family. You know, he made the the the, the heavens and the earth and, and all of that and the fish and the animals and he he did all of that. But that wasn't a family. That was a backdrop. That that wasn't what God intended to be his ultimate creation. 
Could you imagine planet Earth if, if, if human beings had not have arrived? It'd be cleaner. <laughs> there wouldn't be any smog over Los Angeles. Uh, and there'd be a lot of good things. But really, that's just because humanity was fallen humanity by the time you and I inherited the earth. The truth of the matter is, God put man on the earth because God loves family. God loves family. And you know, it's August here in, um, in, in uh, Arizona. Our, our kids go back to school. Our college kids are back in college. And, and, and families kind of start getting that that rhythm back and, you know, kids have to go now to sports classes and dance classes and every other kind of thing. And, 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 you know, mom and dad, you're wearing different hats. You're a chauffeur a lot of the time. And some of the time you're the coach and some of the time you're a best friend. And, and, and sometimes you're, you're the, you're the worst friend. And, uh, and, and so we're going to just walk through what is family all about? Why is family, um, need to be so complicated? And it really doesn't. Um, but we do have to lay down some, some new thoughts about God and how he thinks about our family. And the first thing that we understand, of course, God creates Adam, and, uh, and, and then he says, it's not good for man to dwell alone. Um, and so he said, I'm going to create woman. And so Adam lays down, goes to sleep, and, and uh, God takes a rib out of uh, Adam's side and fashions and forms woman out of the side of Adam. So Adam and Eve were not born. They were created. Um, Eve was particularly fashioned. Um, as God said, I will make a suitable helper for him or a helper that is suitable for him. And so uh, God knows that, that Adam needed help. How many of you ladies know that Adam needed help? Adam could not find his way around the garden at all. He was lost most of the time. And, uh, and, and you know, there was nobody there to uh, help give him um, loving directions. And, and so Adam was, was a mess. So God created Eve and, uh, and, and the, the rest is history. But, but you know, one of the things that we see in the Bible is we, we see the first murder in the Bible is in the context of family. And it's, uh, it's Cain and Abel. And, and, and what we have is a brother murdering a, a brother. And uh, God says, um, uh, you know, where's your brother? Where's your brother, uh, Cain? And Cain says, well, am I my brother's keeper? So here's what I want you to recognize in this picture. God is the father. Father is a family role. The father is saying to Cain, his family, his sons through Adam, where's your brother? And Adam or Cain is saying to God, the father, am I supposed to be my father, my brother's keeper? So here's the first lesson in family life. Yes. That was God's intention. You should be your brother's keeper. Love should supersede jealousy. Love, love, family love, brotherly love. You know what they say, that blood is thicker than water. And your family, you stick together. You, you, you work it out. The world, you, you know, can be, can be against you. But when it comes to your family, you'll stand up and defend your family. Family is what it's about. Family is your wealth. Family is your strength. Family is your name. Family is what you enjoy. Family is what brings the, the largest portion of your life on earth, that all the joy and love and, and sense of purpose and being that you will ever experience will not be in your career, but it will be in your family. By all means, we, we have our jobs, our careers, and things that we're involved in, and that we do. They're valid. They're important. They're part of us. 
But we do all of those things because we have a family. I bet you uh, uh, if there were no family and there were no relationships, I, I guarantee you a lot of people wouldn't have put their life on the line to do certain jobs to provide for their family. It, it, I remember being single, and, uh, I, and, and back in those days when I was single, I really had nobody but myself to live for. How many people remember those days when you had nobody but yourself to live for? And, uh, and, and you know, there were some pluses in the fact that you didn't have any responsibilities, but on the other hand, it was lonely, and there wasn't a lot of drive. And I remember when, when Lucinda and I first got married, um, she, she brought a sense of confidence into my life that I'd never had before. And she began to work her, her Lucinda magic on me. And, and, uh, and, I mean, she just turned me into a man in about, you know, 90 days. Uh, she just, she, you know, she just was so, such, a, such an amazing woman, an incredible woman, that she literally turned me into a man. And now, instead of me avoiding responsibilities, I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted responsibilities. Uh, and, and, and not just that, uh, I, 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 I began to embrace a vision for my life because she began to tell me we can do it. And, and I started to believe her. And next thing you know, we're, we're building businesses and we're doing things. And then early on in our life, we ended up taking, taking on the ministry and becoming uh, the youngest pastors at the time in the city. And, uh, and, and, you know, God just took us through a process. But I would never have been able to step up to the plate without her in my life. I know that for an absolute fact. If I've ever done anything, I owe it all to Lucinda. Well, I guess I owe it all to the Lord who brought Lucinda into my life so that I could accomplish what God has called me to do, and she could accomplish what God has called her to do. And incidentally, when God calls a husband and a wife, he has called you together. The two shall become one flesh, one flesh, right? And so it's in that one fleshness that you live out your vision together. You encourage each other. You lift each other up. You strengthen each other. Uh, you, you bring wisdom to each other. You bring balance to each other. I often tell people who are single, the, the biggest problem single people have is you believe your own bull. Because you don't have anyone to tell you, well, that's dumb. <laughs> Why do you think that? That's stupid. That's not true. But here's the thing, when you're single, you don't have anyone to bounce all that stuff off of, and, 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 and you need somebody in your life to be able to kind of help you take off some of those rough edges. Come on, how many people are glad, you know, you've got somebody in your life to, to tell you, you know, when, when you've got food between your teeth and your fly is down, and, and you know, you're, you've got, you know, one red sock and one blue sock, good Lord, hallelujah, we, na- we need somebody to tell us the truth once in a while in our life, not in a critical way, but in a, but in a way to bless us and help us and support us and encourage us, and that goes both ways, of course. Everybody hear what I'm saying today? The value, the importance of family that God has is, is, is bigger than almost anything else. It's literally in the first things he ever did was he created family. He loves family so much. And he, and he, and he wants love to be in your family. And, um, and, and so oh, on your notes, the first thing you can write down, God created family. There you go. Um, and, uh, and the next thing, uh, which is, I don't know if I could say it's equally important, but it's uh, number two on the list of two. Um, God created sex. Write down the word sex. Very rare can you write down the word sex in church. So you can write down the word sex. And uh, God created sex in marriage. Yay, sex in marriage. 
Wonderful idea. The Bible says in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number um, and fill the earth and subdue it. And here's the thing. There's only one way to do that. I don't care what your political bend is or, or, or how you feel about, you know, the roles of, of family today and, and society would do everything it could to unravel family, to take family apart. For the last 50 years, there's been nothing but an agenda to destroy family. If, if certain, you know, people who think certain things would have their way, the government would be teaching your children uh, their morals. Their, the government would be teaching your children, um, uh, you know, how to live and what to do and how to think. Right? And, 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 uh, and the government would, would have us have no males and no females and, uh, and, and not know who we are and what we are and make it all confusing. But at the end of the day, no matter how confused you are, unless somebody with estrogen and somebody with testosterone get together and uh, do a little dance and get down tonight and get jiggy with it and all of the other stuff I could say, unless that happens, we ain't having no children. So I don't care really how you feel about it. The bottom line is one thing has to happen and that's just it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what's politically correct or what, what people like or don't like or, oh, I don't like the, you know, that part of the Bible. So uh, I'm just going to kind of go with what the culture says. But, but here's the thing. The bottom line is this. God loves family and family's been created so that we can live together and be together and have lives of meaningful love in our, in, 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 as we go through this journey of life. Meaningful love. That's the most important thing you can have in your life. Meaningful love. Somebody to love you with all your faults and nuttiness and craziness. And, and, and you can love them right back with all of their craziness. It's so great. And I tell you what, I've, I've known this after, after three decades now. We're into year 33 in August the 24th. This month will be 33 years of, of marriage. And, and what I could tell you from all of that is is the things that are crazy about each of us, um, they're all still there, but we see them less and less and less. We could care less. We laugh about them. They're stupid and doesn't bother us. But when we were like in, in year, you know, in the first decade, everything was major, right? Everything was major. And, and, and the longer you, you love each other, the longer you live together, you begin to real, realize that the true meaning in life is that the two of you have each other. And that is a blessing from God. Boy, I tell you what, that's a blessing from God. Can you say amen? And, and so today's not just about marriage, but it's really about family in general. But it starts at that core of marriage. Very important that we understand. Um, and, you know, the, the number of marriages where there's very, very little intimacy. Those marriages uh, aren't, aren't really functioning at the level that God would have you have. You see, you can't really have that level of love uh, in, your, in your life until you've really submitted yourself to somebody, until you've really um, allowed intimacy to be very regular in your life. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, parents, young parents, and really parents of all ages, we can have a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of problems that happen. And so we tend to stay together because the kids are in school and we've got a mortgage and, you know, we've got a life together. And so we kind of just live it out. Um, and, 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 uh, but really, that's no marriage at all. Here's what I want you to know. God loves you. He loves marriage. And he puts you where you are so that you can be blessed and flourished and happy and joyful and growing and strong. And come on, somebody, you're looking at me like I'm talking, you know, some, some language you don't understand. How many people believe in marriage? Is there anybody in the house today? 
I'll tell you, here's the thing. You gotta believe in your marriage. You gotta believe in it 100%. You gotta know God loves it. God loves you. I know marriage isn't perfect. And as we get through the process of these weeks of messages, one of our message is gonna be talking about um, blended, mended, and extended families. Because family has takes on all kinds of sizes and shapes, doesn't it? And we're going to talk about how to rock that, that kind of uh, uh, experience. But just in the basic, as we start out this series, we got to know God loves our marriage and he put us in our marriage and put us in our family so that we can love being there. We can love each other. And, and, and intimacy and sexuality, that's all very core and very, very important uh, to the spark. Uh, that, that, that needs to be in your marriage. You can go out to your car. You can turn that thing on. And if a spark plug is unplugged, you know, it'll try, it'll try. You go chugga, 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 chugga. That's how some of you look in your marriage. Chugga, 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 chugga. But you get that new champion spark plug, hallelujah, and you plug that thing in, get that fire going, all of a sudden that gasoline ignites and there's an explosion. Glory to God. That's what we need. Hallelujah. All right, you don't know what to say, so don't say anything. Probably just best look straight ahead. But anyways, so let's talk about, you know, how God has set up family. And what I want us to think about and embrace today is, let's figure out that if God set up family and God created us to be in family, God has established an, a, an order of authority within the family so that there can be structure. No group of people can function together without some kind of understood structure. If you were to join the military, obviously there's levels. You come in as a certain uh, level and then you work to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. But at the end of the day, ultimately, hopefully people plug into the areas of their gifting and their abilities we don't want to make everybody a leader because not everybody has the gift of leadership, right? Or, or the ability to lead. But some people are better followers than they are leaders. Whatever it is, that's fine. But what's important is we have to have an established line of authority. We have to have an established system within our relationships so we know how to move forward. Because in the moment of a crisis, you don't want five people yelling out what to do, right? There's going to have to be some kind of system where we know where the buck stops. Now, the boss is not more important than the people that, that are following him. The leader is not more important than the followers. The leader is actually more responsible. The leader sacrifices more. The leader actually handles far more normally than those who are being led. But that doesn't make him, him any more important because without those being led, the leader has, has no one uh, to lead. So, so, so in, te- in the context of our relationships, God has set up an order of authority, an order of leadership within our, within our relationships and our families. And we would do super well to recognize that our family is going to rock if we do things the way God set family up to be in the first place, right? It doesn't matter what social media says or some political party says. Here's the bottom line. It's what the Bible says that matters. It's what God says. Marriage is from God. Come on, church. He invented it. He's super good at it. So we're going to figure out that that process right now. So here we go on our first page here in the third thing. It is God delegates. Everybody say delegates. Delegates. Write that down. God delegates authority to man. God is the authority over family. Um, He gives it to the father. So here's what he does. God gave Adam uh, authority. He delegated to him first the, the authority within the family. So whose authority is it? 
Was it Adam's authority? No, it's not your authority if it's been delegated to you. It's whoever gave it to you. It's their authority, right? So it's God's authority. God is the author, author, authority, author. God is the author um, of the family. He is the one who set the vision. He's the one who said how, how it should be. Then he says, okay, Adam, uh, I'm going to delegate this authority. I want you to create this vision in your, in your family. So here's Eve, and Adam and Eve are now doing life together. And uh, we're going to read in a couple of minutes uh, in, in Ephesians, just not right now, but in a few minutes we'll read how that God said to, um, um, to Adam to, to, or to, to, to the husband to love uh, your wife as you love your own body. You know, so there was an order that was being set up. Isn't it interesting, though, that God never said um, to the women to love your husband as you love your own body? You know why that is? Because every woman... She may be the most beautiful woman, and, and, and in, your, in your eyes, an absolute perfect 10 in every way, shape, or form. She looks in the mirror, and all she sees is everything that's wrong. She's too fat. Her feet are too big. Her nose is crooked. And you're like, are you kidding? You're amazing. Ladies, God has given us a special vision for you. And we see you as utterly Amazing. Amazing. You're too hard on yourself. Believe me. You see one thing, we see something else. I'm just saying, you know, this isn't marriage class, but I'm just saying. But, but, and so God said to men to love your wives um, as you love your own body. And here's what men do. We're in the, we're in the, we're standing in front of the mirror. We got our old rip chonies on. We got our eight month pregnancy out here. You know, we kind of got some man boobs going on. We got, you know, the hair's kind of thin and not doing too. It's all coming out of our ears, you know. And, and we can look in the mirror and we can go, you still got it, brother. You still got it. All right. Oh, you're looking good. You go over to your wife, how do I look? And she's so sweet, isn't she, every time? You look amazing. Oh, look at those muscles. You haven't changed a bit. That's right, baby. She knows she's lying. You know she's lying. We all know, but it's okay. Hallelujah. That's how God created, and it's awesome. Um, right? So, so you know, well, actually, let's just go ahead and read these. I got this uh, right on the next page, the inside page here, uh, in, in, in Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing uh, her by the washing uh, with water through the word and to present her uh, to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, or, but holy and blameless. So that's God speaking to husbands and carries on. He says, in the same way, husbands ought to have loved their wives as their own bodies. And he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for the body just as Christ does the church. So uh, for we are members of his body. So you see the delegation, the, the giving of authority, um, the giving of responsibility to Adam. Adam, I want you to take care of the wife in exactly the same way that Jesus Christ has taken care of the church. Well, how does Jesus take care of the church? The number one thing Jesus does for the church is something us men do comes naturally when we're walking out, when we're... Celery, I was eating celery. When we... <laughs> it's gone now, praise God. Because thankfully, this is not the live service. This is live service's next service. This is the dead service. I mean, live on Facebook. I'm just kidding. 
But anyways, um, and, and, and so, yeah, it comes naturally to us men, if we're stepping into this role of being husband, um, Jesus Christ sacrificed his life. He gave his very life. He gave everything. He loved so much that he gave. You cannot have love without give. There's no such thing. There's lust without give. Lust is take. Love is give. Lust is take, Right? Love is give. There's no way to love without giving. You can't possibly love your wife or love your husband unless you give to them. Amen, right? That's all there is to it. So just give it up. Hallelujah. Just give, give, give. And, and so husbands, I'm delegating this responsibility to you to take care of your wife, to love your wife, to provide for your li- wife, to listen to your wife, to receive wisdom from your wife, to allow her perspective uh, to, to, to be the, the voice you listen to first, to go to her before you go anywhere else, Right? So I'm giving this, I'm delegating this authority to you, and, and, and this is how I want you to work it out, right? Uh, this is how I want you to exercise this. And then women, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, you wives, you were all like in the first part of that, where the husband has to love you like Christ loved the church and give himself up. You see, you know, when you go home, you're going to say, pastor said, you got to give up. You got to give everything. Give me your wallet. Give me your credit card. Give me it all. Give me, give me, give me. You got to sacrifice for me. But husbands, you can go home and say, but wives, the Bible also says you got to submit. Oh, don't say submit. I'm melting. Oh, we hate the word authority, and we hate the word submit even more. I'm not submitting to no man, the monogenistic and, you know, chauvinistic. No, 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 no. Submit means to join in the mission. Join in the mission. Come on. Be part of the mission. What's the mission? To live out your life for Christ. Right? In fact, it says here the mission of marriage, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to, to come under the mission of, and the mission is to, is to carry out the authority of God that he's given to, he's delegated authority to you so that he wants your life to be, and your marriage and family to be based on love, to be full of love, uh, to be full of, of joy, to be full of strength, right? He wants all of those things. So, so wives, submit as, they, as unto the Lord, right, as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, of which he is the Savior. Now the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should submit to their husbands in everything. And so, wives, uh, this is not a subservient role. Can I just say that right now? This is not about you being subservient. This is not about you just serving in silence and, 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 and having some, some sergeant as a husband. That's not, that's not at all what God is trying to lay out here. He is simply saying, the two of you need to come into a mission, but there needs to be a head. And God has given man the responsibility of being the head, um, and he has, he has also given uh, the woman the responsibility of, of helping that mission take shape and helping it move forward. And, and I'll tell you, I'll show you a foolish man who does not listen to his wife. It is a foolish man who does not learn to listen to his wife. Because his wife will bring wisdom and perspective that he doesn't have. But I'll say also, it goes both ways. The Bible says to submit to each other. There have been times, you know, uh, you ladies, I know I'm married to one. And, and I love every bit of it. And I love everything about it. 
Uh, but sometimes, you know, Lucinda has the, has the spiritual gift of putting two and two together. You know, you ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Well, this is happening and that's happening and they said this and that's going on, so this must be happening. Well, wait, 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 wait. How'd you come to that conclusion? Well, because this and this and this and this and this. And, and that's how you ladies are. You can just put all, I mean, an entire, you know, thing can go down and never even happen. And, and sometimes I'll just say, oh, wait, uh, just, you know what? Who cares who, who's thinking about what? You know, let's not worry about that right now. Let's just be here. Let's just be present. We don't have to do 10 things at once. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes Lucinda will take that wisdom. She'll go, you know what? You're right. I don't know what I'm, I'm needing to concern myself with all of that for. You know? you know what I'm saying? So we both have a perspective. We both bring something to the table. Men, if we didn't need the female, female perspective, God would never have created Eve. We need her. He gave, us to, gave her to us so that, so that we can uh, be complete and fulfilled. We complete each other. We're fulfilled within each other. Amen? So powerful, right? Uh, and so let's go through um, these, this last section here where we look at some practical applications. So I'm just going to buzz through this really quick. Um, number one, intentional family time. Here's some things that will change the atmosphere of your home. Spend some intentional time. 64% of parents spend less than one hour playing with their kids per week, but they spend 15 hours watching TV. Obviously, that isn't going to work, right? The Bible says in Deuteronomy, to impress the things you know about God on your children. Spend time with them. Uh, take vacation time. Make sure you're spending time together. Number two, pray for, pray with, and pray over your family. It was so great on week of worship. We, on the last night, we had our families uh, up at the front, and we had our dads and, and our moms and, and those who were standing in for those roles and grandmoms and granddads standing in those roles, but laying hands on the kids and praying, gathering them, and literally praying for them. So it's so important to, be, to have that element in, in, your, in your life that will change the atmosphere of your home immediately. Pray for. You know, sometimes you, you can be praying for your spouse. And I do this all the time, and I, and I neglect to tell her, I've been praying for you, and, 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 and I need to get better. I need to shoot her a text. And men, you need to get better at it too. Shoot your wife a text and say, you know what, sweetheart? I've just been thinking about you and praying for you. I just want you to know that. Just do it. The points you will get will be times 10 automatically, right? But really, the truth is you need to really communicate. You're praying. Women, when you're praying for your husbands, shoot that to them in a little text or something. Hey, you know what, sweetie? I'm praying for you today. How great would that be, right? Number three, teach your children. Don't just bring them to church, teach them. Um, and, and this is so important. I, I wanted to show you this so that you'd understand this perspective. Um, there is 112 marbles minus one, 111 marbles. The reason there's that many marbles is because that represents your waking hours in a day. I took out your sleeping hours because in a week, you've got 168 hours, but this is your waking hours. This is your one hour at church. It's important. It's an hour. It matters. But here's, here's the thing about it. We are not your kids as parents. We give them an hour's worth of Jesus. We fill them up. We do the best we can. The school is not your teacher's, uh, is not your children's teacher. The internet surely is not your kids' teacher. You are your kids' teacher. I want you to take what you learn and, 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 and spend time around the table and talk about what you learn on Sunday at church and, and, and share that at, with your children on, on their level. And you be the one that's the teacher. Don't leave the teaching to me. 
I'm not their parent. I'm not their grandparent. God put them in your care. That's the delegated authority. God wants you to be their teacher. So we got, you know, man and, 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 and the wife and the delegated authority. And kids, they get, to, they get to tell the pets what to do. So there's an order. Number, number four, correction and accountability to God's delegated authority. And this is just about one of the things that it's important to confront in, in little kids and, and kids as they grow up, but the younger the better, is just dealing with this issue of lying. Now, as I say that, I want you to just recognize that when a child lies, ultimately what they're doing is they are actually um, rebelling, they're actually resenting um, authority, right? That's basically it. And, and so it's so important, so healthy for your child to learn to respect authority. And so that's where we cut it uh, off right where it is. And when you catch them in that little lie, but here's what you do. You don't say, you're a liar. The pastor said, you're, you, you're bad because you're a liar. God says, you know, these things I hate. One of them is a liar. So God hates you because you're a liar. You know, you never do that to your children, obviously, but maybe not so obviously because I hear people do it. But here's what we, are, what we do is we take every opportunity where we've caught little Johnny in a little white lie or whatever it might be, didn't quite come clean. That's when we have a wonderful teachable moment and we can sit down and we can say, why did this happen? And, and, and we can work through that moment. So we just really need to make sure that we're helping our kids understand what, why the importance of authority is in their life. Can somebody say amen? Number five is boundaries. Boundaries are like bumpers. Uh, in, in bumper bowling, have you ever gone bumper bowling? That's where they put bumpers down the sides and you throw that bowl down there and it doesn't matter if you're the worst aim in the world, you're eventually gonna hit a pin. Hallelujah, it's a, it's a win-win, right? You take those bumpers out, you're gonna be in the gutter every time. But here's what boundaries do. Our kids want to have some sense of boundaries in their life and it'll make sure that they're going in the right direction. And number six is serve others. When your kids see you serving in church and serving in your connect group and serving uh, your, in your Christian community, in the, your capacity as a Christian, it impresses upon them so much. It's one thing to bring them to church and be part of a church service, very, very important, foundational, but even greater when they see you functioning and serving, and it'll help to set them up in their life for success. Thanks again for listening to a life-giving message from our pastor, Stephen Bloomfield. For more information about our services and how to get connected here at Champion Church, go to our website at championchurch.com.